Hello and welcome to episode 14, recorded on December the 12th, 2016, and brought to you by Bishy Barnababes PDF Patterns and me, your host, Vicky Hibbins. It's so good to be back and recording this podcast for you. I can't believe that the last podcast that I recorded was way back in October. Oh my goodness, the time just seems to fly by. I knew it was a little while since I last recorded, but had no idea that it was as long ago as that. So thank you all of you who have been waiting patiently for this next episode and for hanging in there. And I'm so sorry that I didn't bring you one sooner. Time just seems to have flown by. So uh, we've still got our house on the market and trying to sell that. Had lots of viewing. I have to say I have been getting so fed up with house viewings. Obviously, we need people to come and see the house. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to sell it. But it's so frustrating to do all the cleaning and tidying, ready for people to come round. And then in some cases, they don't come round, but cancel last minute, having gone to all that effort. Um, you know what it's like. Your house is OK to live in, but it's a bit different when you've got visitors coming round and particularly potential buyers who want to show off the house to the best advantage. And it's just really getting frustrating. It's that time of year when the weather's not very good. So again, the house doesn't look as nice as it does when you can come round in the summer. And just all of that is just so wearing on you and so frustrating when they come round and they look at it and make all the right noises. Oh, yes, this is very nice. Oh, I like this room, etc, etc. And then they're not actually interested in buying it. Very, very frustrating. We've also paid up front to an estate agent to market the house. Um, I don't know about how things are sold in your part of the world, where you're from. But here in the UK, you have a couple of options. You can either get an estate agent to sell the house for you and then when it's sold, they take a percentage of the value for their fees. Or alternatively, you can pay them a much smaller sum up front for them to sell them, for them to sell it for you. Sorry, I should have said. And then you just hope that they do. In most cases, the houses do get sold within the time frame that they've given you to sell it. I don't know if ours will. Our house went on sale back in June, just before Brexit, when the whole of the UK economy ground to a halt. Things are picking up in the housing market, but unfortunately, our house being somewhat unique. And although there are many positive things to it, a lot of people come around and don't like the uniqueness and don't like some of the things that also frustrate us about it. So I can understand where they're coming from, but I'd really like somebody to come and buy our house. And we have until February for it to get sold under the current agreement. Otherwise, unfortunately, that's going to be money wasted and we'll have to try again at some point. I don't know whether I would want to put it straight back on the market again, as I'd probably like to have a break, I think, before going down this route again and just having all the hassle of it and no results at the end as far as moving house goes. Also, there's been some minor illnesses in the family, me, my daughter, my husband, the normal kind of coughs, colds, stomach bugs, all those kind of things that get you down and stop you doing the things that you love and that you want to do. But again, nothing major, just other things like that that have just held me up and stopped me from podcasting. 
The other biggie was the fact that my mic stopped working. I went to record something and discovered that I couldn't. Tried it a few times and was thinking that I would have to buy myself another mic and send this one back. Hopefully might be able to get my money back on it or a replacement and I was about to start looking into that. Had some time today when my daughter is staying at grandparents and the house is quiet and I thought right I will finally sit down and try and record another podcast. And amazingly, the mic now works again. So thankful that that is now sorted and I'm not going to have to go and buy a new mic. And I don't know whether it just decided it wanted a rest and a holiday, but overall very glad that it's working again. Other news is that I have become a seal warden for the Friends of Horsey Seals over in Horsey on the Norfolk coast. And every year they get thousands and thousands of visitors who come to watch the seal pups being born and hanging out on the coast there. And as a result, they have volunteer wardens to help protect the seals and help the visitors explaining things, keeping them away from the places where they don't want them to go, particularly on the dunes that could cause erosion to the dunes and therefore flooding into parts of Norfolk and obviously protecting the hundreds and hundreds of seals that come onto that part of the coast in order to give birth and have their pups. I adore seals. I had wanted to do my training to become a warden last year, but unfortunately my daughter was ill and wasn't prepared at that age to let me go out for the day and do the training, so had to wait another year to do my training. I now have that, um, a proper warden and I'm able to book in and go and do duties there, keeping an eye on the people and helping and looking at the seals and things like that, which is very exciting. But again, takes some more of my very precious um, spare time that no one ever seems to have enough of. But I'm very glad that I've been able to do that this year and I'm looking forward to doing some more wardening duties over there in the coming month, particularly around Christmas when it gets very, very busy with visitors. And hopefully I would like to actually see a seal being born. So far when I've been, I've just seen um, those that have been born within a few hours, but not one that has literally just in the process of coming out. And that would be very exciting to see. As far as Bishy Barnababes news is concerned, at the moment, I have on sale in my Etsy shop the puppet purses um, have been reduced. The price, there isn't a coupon code or anything like that. The price that's on there is the sale price. Um, I've reduced them up until Christmas as they make great last minute gifts. There's two different patterns. And there is a bundle where you can get the two patterns together for an even cheaper price. And they make a variety of different animals. One of the patterns includes a reindeer, so a great seasonal gift as well. They go together really quickly using either fleece or felt. You don't need a great deal. So I often find that I have enough bits in my stash, although I have to say I do have a very large stash, and I'm able to make those without needing to go and purchase anything extra. So head over and check that pattern out if you think that might be something you might like to make for a child in your life. They're called puppet purses as they are both a purse and a puppet. 
This is purse in the English sense of the word or the UK sense rather than the American word, meaning somewhere that you would put your small change rather than what we would call a handbag where you would put lots and lots of things in it. So it's a, a small purse that has a shoulder strap or you could make a smaller strap just to hold it in your hand. And once you open it, you can put your hand up the back of it and into it and it becomes a puppet. It will make a lot more sense when you see the photos. It's very difficult to describe, but they are super fun and kids love them. So if you're looking for a last minute gift that you can whip up quickly, this would be something that you might want to check out. One of the other patterns that I have and is a great seller as far as gifts go is the Cuddly Carrier. And this is a carrier for children to be able to baby wear their toys, cuddly toys, um, dolls, things like that. And there's different animal um, variations of that as well. Another great pattern. So you can check that out on Etsy as well. I had planned on doing a sew-along um, at the end of November, beginning of December for the reindeer puppet purse, but unfortunately life got in the way and I'll have to put that one on hold until around about this time next year. So hopefully you can get that made if you want to and I'll get a sew-along done in about a year's time. I have managed to get into my sewing room and do some sewing of my own. Luckily, I have found a little bit of time to do that. And one of the things that I did was recently to raid my UFO box. I have a large box that I keep on a shelf and I have the label UFO on it, which is for me my unfinished objects. And things get put in there if I really can't face working on it on it any longer or in the case of sometimes Christmas things I don't get them finished before Christmas and so put them up in the box um, to finish at a later date and often forget about them being up there. I was looking for something recently and went in this box and found two things that I'd started making many years ago before my daughter was even born and she'll be five in February so no idea when I started making these but they were made using um foundation pieced quilting or patchwork I think is probably more accurate as they hadn't been quilted at that point and they have they were made in diamond sections where part of it was part of a star and the top part is a tree and when you join several of these together it makes a star in the middle with Christmas trees all around the outside and they look great sitting on a table you could also hang them up and put them on the wall if you wanted to and I had made two of these the top part I'd done all the foundation piecing and never got any further so decided that I would get these finished and added a back to them and quilted them and I've got one now sitting on our dining room table and plan on giving the other one to my mum for Christmas. One of them has six points to it and the other one has eight points. I don't plan on making a proper pattern for these with all the instructions of how to foundation piece and all of that kind of thing at the moment. But what I think I'm going to try and do is to just create the, the template that I use for the foundation piecing and add that onto my website, onto the blog as a free pattern or free foundation piece pattern rather than the whole thing. So if you know how to foundation piece, you'd be able to make one of these. I don't want, I don't have time to go into all the instructions and things, but I could have it available for those who might wish to use that and would be able to make it up for themselves as they've already done quilting and foundation piecing. 
I had great fun doing the quilting on these, the free machine quilting using my new sewing machine. And it was fantastic for that and made it so easy and so much fun to do. The other fun sewing that I've been doing as well was to make a nativity dress for my daughter for her Montessori nativity. Every year um, at her Montessori, they do a nativity performance in Norwich Cathedral. Last year, she was an angel, um, a rather cheeky angel, I have to say, with lots of dancing. And she did get told off at one point that she needed to sit quietly as her and her friend were chatting in the, the row at the back where all the angels were sitting. And I had made her an angel costume the previous year and it still fitted. Um, it was a little bit shorter than perhaps I would have made it if I was making her a new one, but it still looked great. And she wore that last year. And as she's the oldest at Montessori now, I was very excited when she got the letter telling her which part she was to have and she got the part of Mary. When I was younger, I always wanted to be Mary in a school nativity. Unfortunately, I never got to live that dream. The nearest I got was to be one of the three kings, but I was so excited when I found out that she was going to be Mary. I think actually I was more excited than she was at the time. And I explained to her that she'd been given the part of Mary and she said, I don't want to do it. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to do it? It's, the, it's the, you know, a great honour to be chosen to be Mary and you'll be really good at it and I'm sure you'll really enjoy it. And she was still, mm, I don't think so. I don't know if I want to be Mary. But I explained to her that she would need to hold baby Jesus. And one of the things about my daughter is she loves babies and loves her dolls. And when she discovered that she was going to be the one to hold baby Jesus, that swung it for her. And she was finally very excited to be Mary. But I needed a Mary costume. I had drafted the angel costume for her, a variation on the pillowcase dress with a rectangle. In this case, I made it slightly wider at the bottom than the top so that the the bottom of the dress would flare out a little bit. Um, added a panel to the front and rectangular arms and just cut um, a very shallow arm side out kind of a little tiny rectangle with a curve at the bottom on the edges of the main rectangle to add the arms to. And that had worked great for her angel dress and um, gathered the top with elastic and decided that I would do the same sort of thing for her Mary dress, only a bigger version as the other one was getting smaller and particularly shorter on her than was what I would want for the Mary dress. So drafted it out, made myself a pattern out of um, lining wallpaper. That's what I just happened to have handy that was large enough. Um, very happy with that and ordered some fabric. I ordered a lovely pale blue crushed velvet. Um, knowing it was going to be in the cathedral, I wanted something that would be reasonably warm for her. And it was the the stretchy crushed velvet um, nice and cheap fabric, ordered that and some white for the panel at the front. Made the dress up, tried it on, looked great, size was good. And then my husband saw it and said, that's not a Mary dress. You can't have Mary in green. I'm like, it's not green. It's a kind of turquoise blue colour. And he was, well, it looks green to me. And I'm like, oh, great. Thought, well, that's just one person. I'll I'll see what happens. And then my friend came round and saw the dress sitting there. And she said, oh, wow, 
you've made an Elsa dress. That's really lovely. And I'm like, no, it's supposed to be a Mary dress. And she thought it looked like Elsa. And I realised that the blue was really not the right colour blue. Um, It was too turquoise. I know I was perhaps being a little bit of a perfectionist in wanting to get it just right for her debut as Mary. I know that it probably wouldn't have mattered if she'd worn that dress to the nativity and the teachers at Montessori would have been happy and she'd have been happy. But I just didn't feel happy with what I'd made. So in the end, I found in my stash an old duvet cover that I had bought um, to use for making um, samples and things when I'm trying out a new pattern and realised it was just the right colour blue. I had some white um, sheets as well for the panel on the front, so made another Mary dress. It went together so quickly that the time thing wasn't an issue wasn't quite as plush and lovely as the original velvet one but I have to say in the end it looked so much better as Mary and I was so pleased with the dress and how it turned out. I will add photos of course so that you can see it and I had a very proud mummy moment of her as Mary in her nativity at Montessori. She is changing now to a forest school after Christmas. So this was her final session with Montessori as well. So it was bittersweet seeing how lovely it was, but also knowing that she will not be returning to Montessori and Montessori have been amazing. And she was sad that it was her final thing, but also it was a great performance and the children were fantastic. I also recently made her another Christmas item. Previously, I have been able to buy her a Christmas dress for her to be able to wear when we go and see Father Christmas. And these have been lovely red stretch velvet dresses with white trim around the sleeves and at the bottom and often a white um, furry collar. The kind of thing that just looks like it would be a um, kind of Santa dress, but more of a dress and not just a costume. Unfortunately, my daughter has grown out of this age in the children's section. She's now too big and everyone assumes that you want to be wearing mini adult clothes when you are wearing age five clothes. And so I haven't been able to buy her one this year. So decided that I would make one instead. And I had the So Straight and Gather Uptown Downtown dress and I've seen lots of really positive things about it in lots of examples and decided to give this dress a try. Um, I measured her and used the size that was suggested for her. In fact, even I think some of the measurements were slightly larger than hers, but it was the right length. And I thought, well, it doesn't matter if it's a tiny little bit big. I again used the stretch crushed velvet. I bought red and white at the same time as buying the, the blue that wasn't the right blue. And so made the dress in this size and she tried it on and it was too small. Although the the fabric that I was using does have a 100% stretch in one direction and I made sure that I used this direction across the, the width where I was supposed to use it, 
But for whatever reason, and I had checked the the inch square and those kind of things to make sure that I was printing correctly. I don't know why the length of it is all perfect, but the width isn't. And she's really, really fussy with seams and things being too tight. And she just refused to wear it. She tried it on and the whole time she's like, oh, it's too small, it's too small, it's pulling me here, it's ouchy, it's ouchy. You get the idea of a um, nearly five-year-old in trying something on she doesn't like. So unfortunately, she won't be wearing that particular dress when she goes to see Father Christmas and instead her friend has inherited it. I have a um, she has a friend who is a year older than her but it's a much more slender figure. Um, Bryony is the typical shape and size for her age but her her friend um, is definitely um, much more on the slight side and it fitted her perfectly so she has now got a lovely Christmas dress and her mum and dad are really pleased with it so I will have to now make Bryony another Christmas dress. I'm going to try the autumn grace pattern that I've used several times in the past with fleece and going to try it with this fabric and I had a lot of the blue Elsa fabric left so have cut one out already to put that together and make sure that that fits her before I go and have to purchase more of the red fabric and make her one to see Father Christmas. We're going in about a week and a half so I really must get a move on and make that one um, as I've now as I said got to do a second father christmas dress i don't think it's necessarily the fault of the pattern that i was using for the so straight and gather uptown downtown dress um, being the problem it's probably more that i was using a fabric that wasn't on the list of fabrics and not using just the cotton lycra um, that was suggested so i might try the dress at a later date in different fabric but I'm happy to go back to a pattern that I have used many times and try that this time instead. For my chosen product for this podcast, I'm going to talk about my rotary cutter. I actually have two rotary cutters, um, both were bought when I was quilting particularly um, regularly um, going way back quite a few years ago now and it's only recently that I've started using them for my pattern making having seen people use them to cut out their pattern pieces um, as far as sewing goes. The first one that I bought was when I lived in Israel and actually learnt quilt which was in 2000 so we're going back quite a while now and it was a Fiskars brand and I was very happy with that. Um, you put your hand inside it not very difficult to describe this I will take photographs of these and put them onto the the blog post along with the podcast if you want to see what I'm talking about um, but it's quite ergonomical and and you hold you hold it it's got a handle but then another piece that comes under your hand so it's like you it's a bit like kind of slotting your whole hand into one part of a pair of scissors you press a lever on it to make the blade come out and in doing so a little safety button pops out and in order to get the blade to um, go back again you press that button and the blade pops back. I don't know whether you can hear that but I'm, I'm doing it at the moment so that I can explain what's happening as you do it. Obviously, the downside of this is that there isn't a way of locking it so that you can't press the lever. The lever is reasonably stiff, so it would be tricky. It would be reasonably difficult for a child to push it, but obviously not impossible. And you do have to remember when you're finished to press the button so that the blade jumps back. 
The last thing that you want to do is to leave your cutter with the blade out laying on your surface because the blades are so sharp and it would be very easy to put your hand against it and cut your hand. So that one's great that you press the button and make it pop back. And I used that one for quite a long time. Nowadays, I just use it for cutting paper. I keep it as a spare. It's got an old blade in it, which is fine for paper, but wouldn't cut fabric very well. But then in 2002, I went to live in America for a year and I was singing with a Christian band with CTI Music Ministries and went there for a year and travelled all over the States in that year didn't take any of my creative things with me as I knew I was going to be singing and doing a lot of that kind of thing. But as time went on, I found myself really craving doing something creative and particularly sewing. So I got back into quilting out there and had to buy some of my basic quilting things again as I'd left them all in England. And this time I bought the one of the Ulfa Um, rotary cutters. There's several different versions around but the one that I have has a handle that in order to make the blade come out you have to squeeze the handle. I like this as the safety side of it you really have to think about what you're doing to actually make it work. There is a red safety button that you're able to lock it shut so that you can't squeeze the handle. You press the red button in which means the handle can come in and out move it in and the blade pops out. You can then lock it open um, so you don't have to be squeezing it the whole time. And obviously before you lay it down, you just press the red button in order for it to click back, handle opens and the blade goes back. So I like that for the safety side of it that you can lock it shut and it does seem to work great. Again, ergonomical in terms of holding it and find these great to use. It is important to have sharp blades, otherwise the fabric doesn't cut evenly and it gets very, very frustrating to be cutting over the same things again. But it does make cutting out pattern pieces very, very quick. There is a blog post that I've done all about methods for cutting out patterns and I will link to that in the show notes. And you'll see me there with the the rotary cutter and using pattern weights to hold the pattern pieces and fabric down onto a cutting mat and doing that as a nice quick way of cutting things out. Please, please though, if you use a rotary cutter, keep it well away from children, even with the safety things as the blade is so sharp and take extra care when you're cutting so you don't do what I did when I was living in Israel and cut off a piece of my finger. Just a little slice, but I now have a part of my finger with no fingerprint and had problems getting it to stop bleeding and had to go to the hospital. But anyway, I don't want to go into that in too much detail for any of you who are squeamish, but just to say, do please take care and be nice and safe with your rotary cutters. So with that said, I am going to finish the podcast here and I look forward to um, recording another one in the future. Hopefully there will not be as long a gap between the last one and this one. I'm going to be aiming for one in the new year. So between now and then, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year and any other holiday that you celebrate any other things that you've got coming up that you'll get lots of time to do some sewing in your sewing room and have a great time spending time with family or friends or whatever you're doing over these coming few weeks. Take care and bye-bye for now. 